Good morning and welcome everybody. You're listening to The Breakfast Show on Faith FM, 87.6, 87.8 or 88 right across Australia, right across the Faith FM network, wherever you are. Positively different radio in the morning. You're with the Double L team, Lyle and... Liam, good morning, Lyle. How are you this morning? I am amazing this morning. It's amazing to hear. What are you thankful for? Ooh, I am thankful for Sparkies. Sparkies. Yep. Electricians. I've got a couple of Sparkies working on my house at the moment. Nicely it's done. the one part... It's a, you know, it's a funny thing, but when I can see something, I can figure it out. Mm. I can't see electricity. No. It's the one part, <laughs> you know, I can, I can strip a car down to its, to its last bolt and put it back together. I can pull a heart apart, a, a house apart and put it back together. I can build a house from scratch. I can, I can run plumbing. Yep. Because I can see how plumbing works. You know, this goes to here, that goes to there, the water pressure, you know. But when you look at electricity... I can't just, see it. I just, just can't see bit. it. And like there's, there's three wires. Why isn't there just one? Why doesn't <laughs> electricity go through the wire? Why is there three? You know, but you, know you might not be able to see it, but I'm sure, you can, I'm sure you can feel it. Not, th- not that that's safe. Out there. There's, a, there's an active, a neutral, and an earth. <laughs> and the red one is the ouchy one. I have learned this. Indeed. In fact, I've, I've known that basic, for, but I still don't get it. <laughs> Deary me. I need to go and do a course on... I need to go and do a TAFE course on That'd that. be handy. Yeah, maybe I should go and do a TAFE Then, course. not only could you do your own electricity, but you could go around doing other people's electricity as well. Yeah, that might not be illegal just on, just on a TAFE course. And I okay. don't have time to do an apprenticeship. Okay. Well, maybe one day. Who see knows? How you go. Who That's knows? it. Who knows? I could, do, I could do an apprenticeship. That's it. Yeah. Um, well, this morning, what I'm thankful for, I'm actually not going to get into it right now because I'm going to get into it uh, in my good news story. It's, uh, it's, it's something that happened last night and this morning. So uh, it was night time, if that gives anyone any hints of anything. Um, I don't know if it does or not, but hey. Frost. Th- oh, maybe. We'll see. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. Okay, so positively positive news, and the thing that I'm thankful for this morning is the International Space Station. I uh, I got to see that last night twice. Nice, and I got to see it this morning. I think I can't guarantee because I looked on the website and it didn't say that that was a time. When I hopped out this morning, as I, as I pulled up to work this morning, I looked up and I saw the moon, and um, I was like, "You beauty." And then I just I just happened to see that there was this star that was rapidly moving as well. Um, not like... Okay, but how do you know it was the International Space Station? Well, I, I don't. Okay. Um, and the one you saw last night, are you sure? 100%. 100%. 100%. Okay, so how do you, how do you know okay. the last so night? so there is this website yep, yep. Uh, called spotthestation.nasa.gov. Uh, spot okay. And if you go onto, this sta- go onto this website, there's a little map there, and in the top left-hand corner of the map, there is a search bar. You can put in that search bar where you live, or, or you can go around the world looking for where you live and you will be able to find uh, uh, where you live and the best times to see the International Space Station. Now, for here in Newcastle, um, we, we, we run out of War's End here at the, at the radio station in Newcastle. There isn't actually a specific one for War's End, but there is for the general Newcastle area. Yeah. Uh, and the next one is, is Lake Macquarie um, and then Sydney. Uh, the problem I had last night is I just tucked in Sydney and we were looking in almost the wrong direction yes. to see it. And you think Newcastle and Sydney, they're quite close. What is that many thousands of kilometres above us? Yeah. Um, and, but 
for the International Space Station, which although it is far away, it's a lot closer than, you know, the moon and the sun. Incredibly close compared to the stars. Yes. So... Uh, we almost missed it, and I had I was, I was well. Where is this thing? I happened to look up um, to the to the sky, and like, oh, there it is, and it was right above us, and oh, it was magnificent. It is okay, 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 okay. So, just 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 explain to me how does when you punch it into your computer, does it give you a map of the night sky so you can tell what constellation to look at? No, nah, so what it to does to be able to pick it out from all the other different satellites that are up. What there. it what it does is it says that it's got a date, the how the length of time it's going to be visible, the maximum height in degrees that it's going to be visible, the direct the degrees on a compass where it's going to appear first. And the direction on the compass where it's going to disappear. Okay. So with that, you can sort of you can sort of map it out yeah, in your head where it it's going to go. Narrows it down a bit. Yeah. Um, so last night there was one at five twenty-five, and it started at uh, let's see here. It started at uh, ten degrees above south southwest, and the maximum height was forty-three degrees, and it disappeared. 10 degrees above east northeast. Does it tell you if it's going to cross paths with other satellites that are going to possibly confuse you so that you could be looking at a satellite rather than a space station? This one, this particular website doesn't, and that could have been what I saw this morning. It could have been uh, just a regular old satellite. It did look slightly uh, more orange. Okay. Oh, so the, the, the space station is orange? No, the one I saw this morning Okay. to last night. Probably um, just Probably just the... the I don't know. What would make it could, go orange? It could be the direction of the sun hitting it. Who knows? Who knows? Who knows? But yeah, it was oh, it was it was really intriguing, and it was the second time I've seen the space station uh, last night. The first time it was back home in Cairns. I went out to to if you're from Cairns, you went. I went out to the wharf, and uh, on the on the jetty there, and I just looked out across. You could see the Cairns city to your left and um, Yorkies Knob. And Trinity Beach, which is north of Cairns, um, looking out in front of you, and just along the the horizon of, of the ocean, and crossing over to uh, the airport, you, you looked at it started at the airport and went over into into the ocean, and it wasn't quite as high, um, but for Cairns it was pretty pretty significant. Um, it was much better last night, but yeah, it was really fascinating. I got really fascinated by it. And I saw it twice. It came round at uh, five past seven as well. And the next time that you you'll be able to see it is tonight for three minutes, if you're in Newcastle, that is. It's tonight for three minutes. Its max height will be 24 degrees. I'll, I'll skip tonight, so because tomorrow it'll be out again for six minutes, uh, and this is at 7.25 again, or 7.27, uh, and its max height will be 47 degrees. So that's two degrees higher than it was last night, and it'll start at 10 degrees above west-southwest, and it'll disappear at 11 degrees above north-northeast. So there we go. I thought that was pretty cool. I'm, I'm fascinated by it. I really am. I don't know if you can tell. I've been talking about it for quite a while. But, <laughs> uh, but yeah, so moving on to other news this morning, uh, going over to America quickly. There was a, a robbery about a month ago in uh, Texas, a robbery of a pizza joint. And in the month since then, what has, what has happened since is just magnificent. It's a really, it, it really shows, shows the, uh, the attitude of, and kindness of people in the pandemic. So there was this people, the, two, two dudes that came into this shop. They, they broke in and they started rummaging around. They didn't, re- they looked at the cash register for a little while, but then they turned to the fridge and they didn't really find anything because, you know, hygiene, uh, you could be constantly making sure that everything's 
tippy top and, and so they didn't really find a whole lot. So what has happened since is the owner of that pizza store has said that, uh, it, listen, if, if there's anyone out there that needs some a meal but can't pay for it, just when you come to the store, pull one of the managers aside and say, listen, I, I saw this post that said, uh, you know, if, if there's people that really need it, they can get a free meal here. They said, just do that and, and we'll, we'll take care of it. You know, it doesn't have to be any, any big deal or anything like that. We understand that it's desperate times and, and that, that we're in a very unique situation right now. So, yeah, it was, very, it was an act of kindness that was just magnificent. It was like you wouldn't expect if someone broke into your house, Lyle, would you say, listen, all right, I understand that, that desperate times are happening. If you need anything, just knock on the door. Instead of instead of breaking in, yeah, no. It, well, in some ways, it would make a lot of sense though, because you uh, are better off to give somebody a few bits and pieces rather than to have your whole place broken up and mm. everything just taken. And also, you know, if you take your enemy and turn them into your friend, you have conquered your enemy. That's it. Uh, and in a way, you are pouring coals of fire on top of somebody's head. The Bible says that you can do that by doing good things to people who um, harbor ill will towards you. And so, yeah, it's an interesting approach uh, to law enforcement. And, you know, hopefully this can have a redeeming effect on these guys that broke in and hopefully they'll find redemption through this, um, through this act of mercy. Indeed. Um, so, yeah, there was a, a couple of positive stories for you this morning. Um, and, yeah, if you've got any stories that you'd like to share with us, you can be, we're more than happy to hear from you. You can give us a call at 1-800-324-843 or you can send us a text at 491 669 and you can tell us the positive things that are happening in your life this morning we would absolutely love to hear it whatever it may be it could be anything you're listening to the breakfast show podcast on faith fm positively different right now joining us on the phone we have kent kingston from signs of the times kent welcome to the show Thank you so much, Lyle. It's great to be here um, with you and Liam and all of Australia on Faith FM. We are super excited this morning to hear about the next instalment of Science Magazine, both online and in paper, and to find out what you have uh, been cooking up for us this month. Yeah. Yes, welcome to May. Um, although here we are, you know, halfway through, Mother's Day gone. Uh, <laughs> but yes, the May issue of Science of the Times magazine is um, got a lot of pretty interesting features. And I don't know if this has been done before on Science of the Times magazine, but our, on our front cover, we uh, it, well, it's graced with the image of an Elvis tribute artist. Um, I think Faith FM listeners may know him well. Uh, his name is Gavin Chatelier. Yes, uh, indeed, Gavin. We play his music kind of uh, quite regularly here on the Breakfast Show. Well, there you go. So Gavin is on the front cover of uh, this month's Science of the Times magazine, um, and he tells a really fascinating story about how he um, he's been a gospel singer, you know, for decades. I remember when I was probably a oh, teenager or at least twenties. You know, being at church and Gavin came around with his uh, his seven kids in their big bus. They used to just uh, travel all around Australia doing like singing gigs here and there. And uh, he was there. His his uh, his wife was there. He he called her um, his executive producer. Um, she certainly produced a lot of kids, um, so probably deserved that title. 
Um, but yeah, she she also sort of helps manage the band and and all that sort of stuff. Um, yeah, and great music and everything. But what I didn't realise was that at a lot of these uh, sort of gospel music shows, he you know has a bit of a repertoire, and uh, he actually has been doing a number of Elvis songs. Because it turns out Elvis actually has quite a, a bit of a gospel discography. I didn't realise that. So. Yep. Um, yeah, so one thing sort of led to another with uh, with Gavin, and his voice is actually not unlike Elvis's, um, quite you know resonant, quite quite beautiful actually, and uh, so he kind of got roped into participating in a couple of uh, Elvis festivals. You know, first of all as a busker, and then uh, into the um, into the venues and, and that sort of stuff, and and now at a, at a couple of um, Elvis. Uh, festivals in in new south wales he's uh doing a full elvis gospel music show you know telling the story of elvis and perhaps the lesser known aspect of, of his life in terms of his his uh christian upbringing and his spiritual beliefs and you know his continuing connection uh with with god and and with his faith you know throughout all the ups and downs that you know i guess elvis is is infamous for. Um, so yeah, that is a really, really fascinating story. It's one of those things that I think a lot of that we are largely unaware of, but a lot of artists from that era were Christian, and of course, massive, massive struggles that come with fame. Um, yeah, that you know they struggle backwards and forwards, and Elvis, I think, is a classic example of that. You know, we just had yeah. the uh, the death of Little Richard, who was another classic example of that. You know, over the That's weekend, right. and so mm. these are these are people who just incredible talent, gifted by God, um, somewhat destroyed by fame, but still, you know, just I guess weak, struggling human beings like the rest of us. Um, just a few extra struggles that the average person doesn't have. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's right. And and what you know, Gavin points out, you know, talking about Elvis in in the article is, um, you know, Elvis sort of, yeah, it does remind us that you know, none of us is perfect. We, Like you say, we all have our ups and downs. Um, but it seemed that to a certain extent Elvis, you know, kept clinging on to God, you know, through his life um, in, in whatever way he could. And that's sort of encouraging. Um, you know, it's too easy just to sort of throw it all over and say, you know what, it's just too hard. I'm too bad a person. I'm too far gone. Um, you know, see you later. But um, it's yeah, it seems that there, there's value in just clinging to God through through all those, those ups and downs. And it's yeah, quite a um, quite a fascinating and uh, and sobering and thought provoking sort of story in some ways. As well, I mean, let's face it, entertaining. You know, he's an Elvis tribute artist. <laughs> yeah, I think that um, you know, there's obviously a lot of Elvis tribute artists around the world. There's probably been the Elvis has probably been the most. Um, what should I say? Attempted to copy imitation, you know, attempted imitations of of any artist who's been out there, and I would honestly say that out of all of the tribute artists, Gavin's come the closest to what I hear when I recording hear recordings of Elvis, and uh, particularly with his gospel music, it's 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 fantastic. What else is uh, what else we got coming up in uh, in this well, month's signs? 
Look, we've we've got a, a couple of big days in May. Um, we've obviously, you know, had Mother's Day just uh, over the weekend. So, yeah, hope all you mums out there had a, you know, a fantastic day, got spoiled rotten, had, you know, waffles for breakfast in bed and, uh, um, or, you know, still brushing the croissant flakes out, out of the sheets or whatever. <laughs> but, <laughs> but we we have a, a fascinating article um it's entitled In Defense of Old School Mums. And uh, what the writer explores, um, she looks at, you know, what is the go with the trend in our society in terms of having kids later, having less kids than historically, and is this what we really want? Um, and it's interesting that, you know, some of the research that she cites in that uh, suggests that there are actually a heck of a lot of women out there who... When they're surveyed, say, you know what? I wish I'd had one more. I wish I'd started earlier, you know, with with the kids. Um, and and so th- this article really explores that sort of changing landscape of motherhood and the pressures that are on mums. Um, I guess you know that there's a a lot of guilt, you know, for for mums these days, which is sad. It's it's either guilting them for, um, you, you know for not having a career and wanting to stay home and look after the kids. And it's like, well, you know, what, what's the matter with you? Um, you know, is, is this all, all your ambition, you know, is capable of? But then on the other hand, when women do have a career and do have a passion in the workplace, then it's like, well, what kind of mum are you neglecting your kids? And it, and it seems just like, you know, women can't win in, in a lot of senses. But, um, yeah, I find that a really sort of fascinating and, and sobering reflection on the, the changing role of the family in, in the 21st century and, and women in particular, I guess, being, you know, caught in that meat grinder of, you know, both mum and dad have to work to, you know, have any sort of standard of living and, you know, that problems like that. It is a very challenging world in which we live right now. And, you know, yeah, I, I, where would you even start to unpack it? But I'm glad that you guys are uh, taking a shot at it and uh, tackling the hard <laughs> subjects. Good to hear. Yeah. Good to hear. Look, look and, and, and another interesting aspect of May, and this is, um, you know, at, at the other end of the month uh, on the 31st, that is possibly not as well known. But did you realize the 31st of May is the World Health Organization's official World No Tobacco Day. Oh, did I did know? not know that. Well, it's true. It's been there. For, it's been there for a while. So we thought we'd take a little bit of a focus on New Zealand because New Zealand is doing something really interesting. They actually have an official government policy, official government program to declare New Zealand smoke-free by 2025. That, that is ambitious and that is awesome. I did not know this. Why can't we do this in Australia? It's what a great idea. It's, it's, it's incredible. I mean, look, when, when you look at the small print, what, what it actually means is that they want the smoking um, rate in New Zealand to be below 5%. So, so low that it pretty much is not a feature of um of public life, of, of culture. So they've sort of shrunk back from a hardcore ban, mm-hmm. um, but they're doing what they, they can in terms of, you know, taxes and tariffs and uh, things like that, um, you know, and plain packaging. They, you know, followed Australia's lead and adopted plain packaging, as well as, um, you know, awareness campaigns, health campaigns, this sort of thing, and helping people quit smoking. And the smoking rate is 
coming down. Um, and young people are leading the charge, which is really, really good to see. Um, when I sort of crunched the statistics um, as I was sort of going through the article and editing it, I realised that they're not actually on track to get to 5% by 2025. Um, but they're not far off. There's a definite downward trend in uh, in smoking uh, in, in New Zealand, which is fantastic. Yeah, that's amazing. I know Tasmania proposed this a number of years ago and nothing ever came of it, and they were just going to uh, phase smoking out altogether over one generation um, and, and just with a particular birth date, you know, and just and it would just fade its way out. But uh, that's an yeah, ambitious yeah. plan in New Zealand, and wouldn't it be amazing if they can actually pull that off? What an example that would be to the whole world, and it would give oh, us yeah. a lead to follow here in Australia. Absolutely, absolutely. But uh, it's, it's interesting, I guess, you know, having this discussion in the middle of, you know, COVID-19 um, lockdown with all these government restrictions. I mean, they are obviously, you know, slowly uh, relaxing, but the, we actually asked um, people, uh, you know, readers to comment and people who follow our Facebook, and I'd encourage people to, you know, find us, um, you know, Science Mag on, on Facebook. Um, we asked them, what, would, what do you think of a total tobacco ban? And it's interesting how many people are, yeah, smoking's bad, but they, they pull back from this idea of the government actually telling people what they can and can't do, even if that means killing ourselves. Um, and so, yeah, people still value their freedom, even if it is the freedom to, to make bad decisions. So that, that's an issue in itself, I reckon. It's interesting because if you look at the history of the of prohibition in the United States, and people often bring that up as an example of the failure of these kind of legislation, but if you actually look at the public health benefits, you know, and the economic benefits of prohibition and how it was, you know, instrumental in dragging the U.S. out of uh, depression and so forth, there is a, tr you know, when you actually look at it from a historical perspective and stand back and and look at the research and the statistics, they were a lot better off under prohibition dealing with a black market than what they were with uh, an open market. Um, it, I'm, yeah, I'm, yeah. I've, I've, yeah, I've actually heard it said that just given a few more years, the, um, they could have turned the corner, but, um, yeah, they were sort of unable to hold the, hold the line on that. It's difficult when you have that much of society saying, you know what, this is a democracy. Yes. <laughs> um, so, and to try and yeah. accomplish something like that in a culture like the United States uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> is just incredibly difficult. We, we, we're seeing, absolutely, absolutely, yeah. We're seeing, uh, look, we, we, have a, we, we have an absolutely fascinating article uh, towards the end of the magazine. Um, I guess you, you, know, you call it a bit of a, a think piece um, that focuses on the issues you know, facing millennials um, these days, millennials in particular, the millennial generation, which I guess... Like they're sort of the young adults now, aren't they? Yes, mid to late twenties, I guess. Yeah, yeah. So there's a, a, a fascinating quote um, that uh, by a journalist, and it's interesting that this um, this quote is uh, written you know before the whole COVID nineteen thing uh, blew up, uh, written in the um, the Huffington Post. Um, so one of their reporters there said. Um, he said, like everyone in my generation, I'm finding it increasingly difficult not to be scared about the future and angry about the past. My rent consumes nearly half my income. I haven't had a steady job since Pluto was a planet and my savings are dwindling faster than the ice caps. The baby boomers melted. So this, wow. this is the... Yeah, that's pretty hardcore, isn't it? 
this this is the situation facing a, a lot of millennials, and you know, and this this is the generation that's I get you know up in arms about um, about climate change, um, and the ones younger than them, I guess you know, considering you know Greta uh, Thunberg and school strikes and, and things like that. Um, and what what the um, the author of this article, Inside, says it's uh, his name is Mark Hadley, our, our sort of culture and media critic. Uh, what he says is that. Yes, millennials are facing this same situation the rest of us on this planet are facing. But on top of that, they're facing uncertainty. They have been fed the lie, you know, since, since the cradle that, um, hey, truth is negotiable. You, your truth is as good as my truth. Um, there's, there's no real foundation to, uh, to, to, you know, lay your, your trust in and lay your hope in. And that's what it comes down to in this article. You know, what is hope? What can people actually hope in and trust in these days? Um, it's a sort of a, a difficult and a grim conversation to, to have in some ways. Do you, do you sense that, Lyle, that there is that sort of lack of hope, that sense of despair and uncertainty that's out there? Very much so. I think that's a, I'm, I'm, that out of all of the articles that you mentioned, I'm, the, I'm dead keen to read that one. Hey, Kent, we are out of time. I'm just wondering whether you can tell us very quickly how do we access your magazine? Well, look, the, the best place to start is our website, signsofthetimes.org.au. Uh, check that out there. You can read all of this month's articles and previous articles. You can check out the podcast. Um, last week's podcast actually featured a couple of clips from Gavin Chatelier, so you can uh, you can hear that there. Um, yeah, join us on Facebook. You know, follow us on Twitter. Um, we'd love you to join the conversation. Thank you so much for joining us this morning, Kent Kings, to talk about Science Magazine right now. What could we do but have Gavin Chitalia with Lead Me, Guide Me. You're listening to The Breakfast Show. Won't you lead me? I'm tired and I need thy strength and power to guide me over. My darkest hour Lord, just open my eyes That I may see Lead me, oh Lord Won't you lead me Lead me, guide me Lord, just open my eyes That I may see Lead me, oh Lord Won't you lead me I am lost if you take Your hand from me I am blind without Thy light to see Lord, just always let me Thy servant be Lead me, oh Lord Won't you lead me Lead me, guide me Along the way For if you lead me, 
just open my eyes that I may see. Leave me, oh Lord, won't you leave me? Leave me, oh Lord, won't you leave me? Listening to the Breakfast Show podcast on Faith FM, positively different. We have come time for question of the day. Here we go. Yes. Now today's question it comes in from a listener of the End series on the End dot Digital, uh, which is on again tonight. So if you want to get to that, it's on Facebook at the End dot Digital or on YouTube, the End dot Digital, or you can just type into your web browser the End dot Digital, and it'll take you to a fantastic web page. Uh, you can watch that tonight. You can ask questions, and they'll either be answered then, right there and then, or we might answer them right here on Faith FM Radio. Indeed. So, yeah, we encourage you to do that. Uh, but what is the question that we've got for today that comes from uh, last Okay, so night's? the question, that, and I'm just reading this one off of the uh, the YouTube feed, and you can uh, go there and leave your questions there, and we will answer them for you. But um, this person says, guys, I'm still learning every day and trying to walk by faith. Praise God. Well done. Uh, but I have two problems. Uh, one, I am vaping, and secondly, I seem to have great courage sharing the gospel of our Messiah and Saviour, but I find it hard to share with my daughter and my partner. Why is this? So there's kind of two questions in one there, and with the vaping, I'd just say, hey, you're in an ideal uh, situation to move from uh, nicotine or drug-based vaping across to non-drugged, drug-based, and that way you can cleanse the uh, the nicotine out of your system, get rid of the physical addiction, and then it's just a matter of getting rid of the habit addiction. And hey, just replace that vaping uh, thing with uh, carrot sticks. I was, I was, honestly, <laughs> you were going to say, say carrot sticks. <laughs> <laughs> I know someone who did that. <laughs> I know someone who was getting off uh, cigarettes and they just used to fill their cigarette box up with carrot sticks. And whenever they needed to put something in their mouth, they would just shove in a carrot stick and away they go. Crunch, crunch, crunch. And it worked. So, um, I mean, hey, it's not going to work for everybody. I get that. But, um, yeah, vaping is one of those things where you have a choice as to what you put into the device. And with overcoming a smoking addiction, there are two parts to it. There is the physical addiction, which takes five days to get over. There is the habit addiction, which takes much longer. And so you can break that physical addiction just by staying off nicotine for five days and then never, ever, ever going back. And then it's just a matter of breaking the habit addiction. So you can do it in two stages um, through that vaping process. And uh, yeah, I'd encourage you to go for it. Our prayers are with you as you try and break that. So that's the easy one. Then there's the hard question. I find it hard to share with my daughter and my partner. Why is this? The answer is because these are the people that are closest to you and these are the people that you love the most and therefore you are the one who is the most keen to talk to them about Jesus Christ. But what they need is not to hear about Jesus. They need to see Jesus. Exactly. That's one thing that I... uh, Usually you take this bit on your own, but I will will chip in here. This is something that I've had experience with before where there's people been in my life that aren't Christians or aren't Adventists and I've I've been... Afraid of over over kill, over overdoing the, the you know the Jesus and so much so that there's there's they don't like it. It's an overload and and it turns them away. And what I've found is that rather than uh, doing that, I I become 
a witness of Jesus, so that when they ask, and I encourage, I encourage questions. So when they ask questions of me, um, I, I'm more happy to, to answer them and then give them as much of an answer as they like. Um, but yeah, for me, I found that being a witness is the answer. Is, is that now? It's it's a very personal one, and you might might find that it's a little bit different for you. Um, but that's just one way that I've done it. And you know, many things. Whether it's just be being a positive person, uh, and some people might ask, you know, why are you so positive? Well, because I've got Jesus in my life. Because I start every day with Jesus. I end every day with Jesus, and I I do that every single day. And it's just a really solid foundation to to build off of. And I that's how I do it. Now. For some people, that might not be what interests them, but it, it very well might be. So for me, that's what did it for me. It might not work for you. Let us know how it goes. Um, but yeah, have you found what you're looking for yet? <laughs> yeah, um, I'm, I'm, uh, no. I'm no. The Bible, talks about, the Bible talks about in this kind of a situation that um, we influence people by a holy conversation. And that's one of the reasons why a lot of people are like, okay, so I have to talk about God all the time. And they actually missed the point that in the Old English, because if you read that from the King James Version, it will say, well, you know, we witness by a holy conversation. Um, that conversation actually means lifestyle. People miss that and they think, oh, it's, it's just we've got, to, we've got to talk to them all the time. No, you've got to live it. And so stop talking to your wife and partner and girlfriend and uh, daughter, I should say, and just start living it. That's the most powerful thing that you can do.